Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. The One Scene Unity comp drops at the end of the month, August 22nd. New tracks from Sea to Pain, Age of Apocalypse, Restraining Order, Mourning, Choice to Make, Shackled, Simulacro, Last Straw, Sheer Force, Hangman, Despise, Envision, Out for Justice, and MH Chaos. Super stoked on that. Love the cause. I love the whole idea behind the once in unity. So shout out to from within records for supporting us because we support you on today's episode of the podcast. We travel to Delaware. We tracked down James, the lead singer of reign of salvation. They dropped a new record titled in times of desperation, three amazing tracks, super stoked on that record. And if you guys haven't had a chance yet, I highly suggest you hitting pause, go boot up your Spotify, Bandcamp, title, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever you use to listen to music and seek out In Times of Desperation by Rain of Salvation. Such an awesome record. I had a blast talking to James, looking back at FYA, covering the band, and just talking about current topics. It, it was really fun and just a real dude. I, I appreciated his conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. I, I know we're still here in, in the pandemic. It seems like we kind of hit a plateau and things haven't been getting better, but just try to stay positive and hopefully you guys are out there staying safe and staying healthy, wearing your mask so we can beat COVID. I, I want to defeat COVID so bad. I feel like this is like some weird raid that we're in and we're just grinding and grinding and we're almost there. I, I hope <laughs> it's been uh, what we're month, uh, yeah, we're month eight into the year and we're we're still here and it's weird, but just try to stay positive, stay healthy and hopefully we'll survive and get through it. But I really enjoyed this conversation with James. I hope you guys enjoy it, too. So without further ado, welcome James Austin to the show. Welcome to the podcast, James. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it. Dude, I, I just want to take it back real quick to the first time I actually met you in person. This was at uh, FYA. And it, I feel like that fest is just like something like that I'll just never be able to shut up about just because there are so many like positive memories. But uh, for me, it was, I, I feel like it was a, a big deal because I had done the podcast, but I hadn't uh, at that point traveled to any fest since I started the podcast. So for me to fly across the country and just uh, see people that I had, you know, uh, been friends with on the internet for the first time in person, I, it was like such a cool thing. And I was definitely kind of nervous, but I remember I was just, uh, you know, just kind of walking through the crowd and I remember I saw you and I just said, hi, cause like I had no idea you were going to be there. And I just remember it was just like one of those things like, Oh cool. Like, uh, you know, uh, this, that's James. I, I know him obviously, you know, cause we've talked on the internet before, but seeing you in person and introducing myself, I, I was like, you know, uh, pleased that you were like a, you know, like a straight up, like a nice guy in person. I, I appreciate that. That's like, one of my biggest things just as like a human being no matter where i am or what i do it's like being a good nice person is something i feel like a lot of people aren't nowadays 
Uh, so many people now are so standoffish and so weird. I feel like just for me as like a personal value and thing, I always grew up was just to be nice to everybody. So it's no problem. Like that would be how I'd be if I had literally no clue who you were. I would still be like, hey, dude, what's up? How are you doing? Like, just try to just be nice to people. It's so much easier than being a rude asshole. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So uh, I, I was really uh, stoked on that. But um, uh, since we're on the topic of FIA, I, I was just curious uh, if you remember uh, what was that weekend like for you? Because for me, that, that was my first time ever flying out for the fest. So it was just like such a blast. And I'm always curious to hear what um, other people's thoughts were on that weekend. So I, I love FIA. I think it's probably my favorite fest to go to. Uh, I love I love Bob. Bob is a really, really, really cool dude. In case you, anybody's listening who doesn't know, Bob Wilson runs the fest, uh, has been running the fest from Philadelphia. So I've gone to Bob's shows up here. FYA is a really cool thing. I This is my, that was my third FYA fest uh, that I went to. Obviously being on the East Coast, I feel like it's a little easier for me to get down to. Flights from Philadelphia, where I'm close to, uh, to Florida are normally like hundred something dollars. So it's not like a huge, huge risk to go down there. Uh, but I love FYA. I get to see a bunch of my friends and a bunch of us from the East coast where it's like most of them blizzarding and storming, get to travel down and event essentially holiday, you know, vacation, uh, in 60 degree, 70, 80 degree weather, uh, for a weekend and get to see a bunch of awesome bands. This past FYA was my favorite. The venue it was at was amazing. The lineup was amazing. There's so many fucking good bands. There were so many memorable sets. It was like, it felt like something new for a hardcore. Like after years and years and years, like, I mean, these fests, obviously they do super well every year. Like FYA is always done one. Bob's always put on for new bands, but I feel like this was the year where it was like every band that was new and had that set just like pop. And every set was like, how can it get better than this? And it just kept getting better and better and better. Yeah. It was definitely a strange thing. I felt like I was, uh, at a point where I was like, damn, like, I, I don't even know where or when I could take like a, a break to eat food or try to go scope out the merch just because there was so many solid bands on lineup. And uh, yeah, it, it was really impressive to see that every band had like a great set. It was insane. You don't see that super often. Fest. I mean, I like there's a lot of times when like it's at a fest and you know, you'll see a band and they'll just get like smoked by another band. You're like, damn, that's going to be so hard to follow up. But halfway, it was like every band was like, oh, yeah, everyone's going to follow up. Every band just was doing so good. I And like a thing that I think is really important for Fest is like the flow of the day. And I feel like Bob just like nails down this like perfect formula where it's like opening ba- like new young opening bands uh, that are really killing it and doing really good. And then the middle of the day is just packed full of like heavy hitters like everyone wants to see from all across the United States. And then there's like, you know, the legacy bands at the top, which get crate, which get really good sets. But there's always like that one young band that he believes in and he puts at the top of the fest, like at that higher echelon. And it always makes for a crazy set. I mean, like that magnitude set this year, like, like what? Like that set was mind blowing. It was so good. So uh, shout out to him always like he that festival and him in particular put on for young bands and in a way that almost nobody else does. Yeah, and shout out to everybody that showed up as well because I also feel like the crowd participation, like even from like the first band to, to the last band, uh, nobody was acting too shy to mosh or you know waiting for like you know somebody else to start moshing. I just felt like as soon as like that first band started, everybody just went off. So it, it was like yeah, just like good stuff like all around. Yeah, I I, I seriously could go on about how much I, I love that weekend and love that fest, and I, I plan on attending you know um, from here on out. You know, so I, I'm looking forward to it. We could- 
Oh, sorry about that. We could sit there all if you want to the whole podcast and just go over every single band set because I, you know, like that—that that was like the coolest festival in the world. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely agree. But uh, maybe we can save that uh, <laughs> leading up to the next FYA because uh, I, I want to talk about your band. Uh, you sing for a band called uh, Reign of Salvation, and it, it feels like ages ago because I, um, you know, like like it was like the early days of the podcast I had on uh your drummer and and that just felt like forever ago and uh and i i credit him because i'm or like he's the reason that i know of your band and i i feel like uh, it was just like you know just weird uh you know stuff on social media popping up and that's how i found like found out who he was and then started following what, what he did but then uh you know obviously you guys started rain of salvation and uh, i've been a fan from the beginning so i was just curious if you could talk about like what your experience was like uh you know starting the band and how this whole idea came together yeah, totally. So, uh, and first off, like I, I shout out to Sal. He has brought like a lot of people's eyes and ears to what we do. So I always appreciate it. I'll give him shit till the day I die, but I love him. He's like one of my really, really good friends. Um, so Rain Salvation started as a project mainly with TJ, uh, our guitar player and Sal, our drummer, um, started as a project with those two guys where they wanted to emulate essentially the 90s metallic hardcore sound we're all big fans of bands like indecision strife trial stuff like that um and i mean foundation obviously being like a huge influence on some of the stuff we do so the idea for them was to take a band make a straight edge band because that was a statement that they wanted to make uh and then from there the lineup just kind of rounded out itself uh they had, the way i got added to the band was literally a group chat message that i woke up to that said hey do you want to sing in this band and it was all these dudes in there but no no numbers i had saved besides sal and tj's and i was just like yeah like sure why not they're just like cool it's gonna be on long island i was like oh shit that's like a far drive kind of it's like four and a half hours but um from there it was like hey this is gonna be a straight edge band we want to write really good just card hitting 90s straight edge riffs this, i mean i don't want to like sound like a corny idiot by saying that's the sound we were trying to emulate but that's that's what we took a lot of inspiration from so it was from there uh we put out a demo last year uh well an ep called a war outside and within got a cool buzz off of that uh thank you to ldb who and uh, the life and death brigade out of louisville kentucky ended up putting that out for us the coming strife who's the uk label that we put up with uh street fight records who put out the tape in the u.s in the beginning like there was a bunch of people who latched onto it in the beginning and it brought us to where we are now. Uh, and I couldn't have been more thankful. I really couldn't be more thankful for everything that's come our way from it. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. So sorry. When, no, it's totally fine. Uh, you guys, the members of the band, you guys are all spread out. And I was just, uh, you know, curious because uh, for me being out in California and, and just like hearing like, you know, all the different uh, states that you guys are in. And I, I just like think like, wow, like how do they manage to get it to work? Because there, there's so many moving parts when it comes to a band. And, and the fact that it seems like you guys have been able to make it work out like pretty well. Was that ever uh, like something in your mind that you thought like, damn, this could be challenging because you did mention like, you know, four hours away. Yeah. So I think four hours, uh, I sound like a little bit of a brat. Like I sound a little privileged because like for some people, four hours is like their average band commute. But so my whole life I've grown up in bands where I've been based in Delaware or like had friends in PA where we started projects. And for reference to where I live, I live in, in Delaware, but I live in like the Northern half. So I'm talking maybe a half hour drive to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia, the PA border from my house is maybe 20 minutes. 
Uh, Maryland sits maybe 15 minutes from my house. So I'm like crammed in a, in a pretty tight area where there's a bunch of states. So the idea of traveling to another state didn't so much like I didn't really think that would be much of an issue. It was just like, yes, the, the length of time that it would take me to get there I was like, crap, you know, that's going to be rough if we want to practice. Or uh, I had recently at the time started a new job where I was going to be working, uh, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to fives. So the idea of traveling four hours after I got off work on a Friday or, you know, a Saturday or whatever, I mean, after Monday through Friday wasn't really ideal, uh, but we ended up making it work. We would find days where, you know, we had off, you know, on the weekends and stuff and we made it work. And originally, uh, Zach, our bass player was living in Massachusetts, I believe. Um, and TJ, our guitar player, just moved to Long Island. Sal was living on, obviously lives on Long Island. And then Marazzo, who plays guitar and us also plays in typecast, uh, was living on Long Island as well. So Zach recently moved uh, to the city, of, to New York City. So it made it a lot easier for us to be closer together. But that was as the band came along. So I would say it for me, it was like, holy crap, this is going to be a far drive. But for the rest of them, it was like, you know, like everything they'd done before. They'd already been in bands where you had to travel for. So it was it was a little bit intimidating at first. Like, how are we going to get together for practices? How are we going to do this and do that? But TJ and Sal are the main songwriters. They have it down to like a science, uh, which is which is awesome. Okay. And uh, just a couple things about the first release uh, on the song Call to Arms. You guys uh, feature Tyler Mullen. Obviously, he's uh, local to you. Uh, I was just curious, uh, uh, what was your thought process on uh, asking him to be on that track? Uh, so when when we started writing those songs, it was about being a straight edge band. It was about that. That was the five songs, you know, the five songs, four songs in an intro. Um we wanted to just lay out the fact that we were a straight edge band. And I thought there was kind of no better way to do that than take somebody who I hold like near and dear to my heart as a guy who I think is like truly the, the best lyricist and the best vocalist in the hardcore at the moment, who's also straight edge, who's from a place that I hold near and dear to my heart, who's been in bands that you know I looked up to at a young age uh, to get him onto a song right away was like the way that I thought about doing it. Like that song is all about, being somebody who stands above the rest and leads to be an inspiration, leads to be an influence to others, you know, and not being afraid to tell what's on your mind. And Tyler isn't. I mean, Tyler Mullen will tell you what's on his mind every day of the week. You had him on the podcast, what, a couple weeks ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he's a dude who is, he, he thinks about the world in such an interesting way. I couldn't have a song that was about being a leader without having the dude who's, you know, inspired me to think a totally different way about a lot of stuff. That's fair. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm really stoked to hear that because, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect when I, uh, you know, asked Tyler to, to come on the podcast. And before that, we never really had, uh, like, you know, personal relationship or ever talked. Mm-hmm. So, um, doing that podcast with him, it, it definitely opened my eyes up to, uh, what kind of person he is. And, uh, definitely, um, in my opinion, someone who's, uh, important to the hardcore scene. So I, I, I mm-hmm. definitely yeah. think it's cool that, um, you know, um, he means that much to you. And the fact that, and I, I love that he's just down for hardcore because obviously, you know, he, mm-hmm. he came on the track and just seeing him work with other bands doing artwork and even starting uh, bands with like younger kids i i, I think mm-hmm. it's awesome what what he's doing so uh definitely shout out to him and yeah I, I think it's awesome that you guys were able to get him on that record 
like you said, I mean, especially like the leading with the, the younger kids part, the fact that he did a band with, you know, like the, the kids are in that band killing me is the band we're referencing. I just want to, you know, kind of get them out there. It's like, that's the band with two members who were, I think like 16. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Hey, I'll just, I'll play drums for you guys. Like, I don't know any other dude on the earth who would do that, but he was just so he, you know, we, we like sit down, we have like a kind of like a talk a lot of times about like Delaware, Delaware hardcore, obviously, you know, that's where we're based at, but it's like, we talk a lot about like how we want younger kids and younger bands. The only way that you can get younger bands to start is if, you know, you really have somebody who's pushing them to do it. And I, I props to him because he did it. And he, that, that demo is awesome. I love that shit. I think it's so good. Yeah, no, definitely. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, uh, go to the band camp. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on Spotify or anything, but I know for a fact it's on band camp. It, it's on Spotify too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Definitely go check that out. Um, but shout out to Tyler Malone. Uh, and, and another thing on, on the record, uh, I was just curious what your experience was like on working with uh, Chris Reaney because I'm he's been on the podcast before. He's actually coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Uh, I, I think he's an awesome guy. I, I love what he's doing for Long Island Hardcore. Chris is the man. He was awesome. He was super helpful. Uh, it was really cool because before that, I hadn't, I hadn't recorded vocals and for like anything, and it'd been like a long time, uh, like probably a couple of years. So when I got in there, I was like, dude, I'm bad. I don't know, did if Sal told the story on the podcast. So before that, before we recorded, I started having really bad lung issues. And so it's so funny because there's a picture of me in the studio in between takes, I would come out, I would have this ventilator machine that I would literally have to breathe through and sit there and do a breathing treatment, probably in between like every couple lines on a song. So it was like, I, while I was driving to long Island, I was doing a breathing treatment just because like my lungs were like, I don't know. It's like, they just always felt like they were tightening up and my doctor thought there were, there was something like actually like wrong. Um, and they were getting me for checkout. Luckily I ended up being okay. It was just, my asthma was acting out of this world, but it's so funny that Chris was really accommodating though to the fact that I thought I might be dying while recording this demo. Uh, so he, he was really, really helpful with just like being there, talking to us, like really setting us up for success on that first EP and listening to us constantly asking referencing you know, like, what do you want this to sound like if you didn't know what something sounded like he was you know having us play tracks having us play stuff that sounded similar to what we wanted to get out of the sound for the first EP okay that's awesome hell yeah and that, that's crazy that because um, uh, I'm pretty sure Sal didn't tell that story uh, but yeah just hearing you having to uh, you know bring in a ventilator and use that while you're recording I, I can only imagine like you know what Chris was thinking because I'm sure I, I'm curious if like you're the first person to ever you know do that like you know in a session with him dude it sucked it was so miserable because I would like do lines and I'd be like oh shit I need to breathe and <laughs> just go out and do this like this like plastic tube breathing thing in my mouth and hope that I was able to get it through the next couple lines without feeling like I was dying. And uh, you never like wanted to like postpone to try to get better or no. I mean, I, it was like doing that EP meant so much to me at the time. It was like, I hadn't gotten to write music in, it had been like two or three years since my last band broke up. So the only thing I was focusing on was, was getting, was just getting it done. And like at the time, like we didn't, my doctor would like had like run some tests on me, couldn't figure out what was wrong with my lungs, like why I was feeling that way. Um, so I was like, well, you know, if I'm not going to get better at right now, I might as well just record it. We also like, I was like, I want to do like, I want to play shows. I want to do this. I want to do that. But the most important thing I want to do is just get music out. So I did, uh, you know, if it was a stupid idea, I guess 
you know, I'll never know. But right now, I mean, I feel better. I felt better for the past like year or so. So that's all I can really ask for. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I guess it uh, makes for a good story and uh, <laughs> you know, funny memory to look back on that whole process. Everyone always makes fun of me because they always send the picture of me just sitting in a recording studio with like a little plastic breathing tube. It was funny because it looked like I was vaping too because it blows out this like smoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone just kept saying like, oh, you're vaping. You're vaping in the studio. Stop vaping. All right. Uh, I, at some point, I'm going to have to ask you to send me that picture because I'm really curious to see that. <laughs> I'll, I'll have DJ and then send it to us for sure. Okay. And so last thing on that first release, uh, you guys uh, tapped into Xavier for the art. And I, I know he's a local guy. You're wearing uh, you know, Simi Locker merch right now, which uh, I, I appreciate. Awesome band. So I, I was curious um, why you went with him to do the artwork for the first release. I think it was just a matter of like, uh, we had seen other stuff that he had done. Mm-hmm. We really liked it. And we thought... Um, we thought just like what better, you know, what better person to go with than someone who knows all of us, you know, um, that I really feel like in hardcore, you kind of sometimes tend to stick with your friends. We did that. Uh, and we did that in the best way we could. Like Xavier's a great artist. I love all the stuff he does. I think he's a great graphic designer. So there was no better person to go with than him. And I've got so much love for him. He's one of my best friends on earth. So whenever it was like, who are we going to get through the art? I was like, Xavier, Xavier, we have to choose Xavier. Yeah, you know, I'm um, so I, I've had him on the podcast and this was like ages ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's weird because like when I first asked him to come on, uh, obviously because I wanted to talk about Simulacra, and I, I just like looked at him as a you know just a talented guitar player. But you know, being friends with him on social media and just uh, you know kind of just like finding out more about him as you know just being around and uh, talking to him here and there on Twitter, I just kind of realized I'm like, wow, this guy's like way more talented than I thought, and it's it's awesome to see. So I I think it's cool that you know you guys uh, you know have this awesome uh, you know group of friends that are also talented. So shout out to Xavier for being able to pull that stuff up. He just he is an amazing designer. He is an amazing friend. He's an amazing guitar player, and he's got some cool shit. Hoping, hopefully, that's gonna come soon. That I think is gonna blow everyone's fucking minds away. I can't say what it is at all. Okay, but I'm I'm so excited for it. So if you if you like Xavier as a human being, you, you be prepared because he's he's hopefully gonna drop some cool shit within the next like eight years. I hope that's gonna be good. Oh, eight years. I'm joking. Oh, I was oh, just saying okay. a long amount of time. Okay, okay. Just... you're giving him that that, that big window, so you, people won't yeah, get too disappointed. I... Well, because if I say, I hope in the next couple months, and I haven't talked to him about it and said like, oh yeah, you know, it, it, you know oh yeah, it's going to come in the next couple months, and then you know, maybe one person out there is going to be like, oh shit, yeah. where's where's your shit at, Xavier? Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, uh, so in those um, early days for Rain of Salvation, it, it seemed like you guys were going pretty hard at these uh, merch drops because uh, you know you guys <laughs> you guys were selling out of stuff, which I thought was awesome. Uh, you know, and it kind of made me upset because I, I couldn't get a hoodie. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but it, 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 you know, at, at this point, it seemed like you guys kind of slowed down with just dropping uh, you know items here and there. What was there a reason for that? Yeah. So our whole thing was we would literally print enough shirts for a show whatever was there we would just sell online and then we just wouldn't reprint that design we just thought it was just a lot easier and um we we felt like the more stuff that we could sell the more we could give back like in the sense of to like our friend who runs a printing shop so it was like okay if we can put up this stuff if we can sell this we can sell out of this you know we'll have a little extra money for the band to put into better recordings for better stuff uh you know to, to give us gas for these like for long drives and stuff if we do them so and then we also have a friend who uh runs a printing shop called soaked in ink printing if you need anything as a 
band or shirts or anything like that, please go through him. If you're, you know, if you're located on the East coast, it's a little easier. Um, but yeah, we, we tend to, we saw, we started slowing down, obviously, you know, when, uh, it would have been like coronavirus because we don't have any, we had nowhere to sell merch anyway. We weren't really, you know, printing anything, but, uh, before that we, we slowed up a little bit just because we weren't playing as much when we were writing. So I'd say probably around like October, we tried to slow up on playing shows because we were trying to go heavy into the writing. Uh, November came around. December we did like a run with Inclination uh, and Vicious Embrace. We you know we did we had what we had for that, and then it, right after that it was like I don't think we played literally anything until LDB Fest. So it was like we didn't have much going on, so we didn't have much print stuff for, and we just didn't want to be in the print stuff to just sell online. Like we want to sell stuff at the shows, which. That's crazy to think about us. I mean, like the first time we put up shirts and they sold out, I think we maybe like put up like 10 or 12. And when they sold out, I thought it was like, I was like, holy shit, this is the coolest shit ever. Like, I can't believe we just sold 12 shirts um, because every band I've ever been in the past, it's been like, hey, maybe we should decrease the amount of shirts we order next time because we'll only sell five of them. You know, yeah. like you never know. Yeah, that, I, I can't imagine that feeling, but but that's that's awesome, you know, for you to be able uh, to see that growth as a band. So you start early on because uh, for you guys to, to come out and obviously you guys at that point had you know been able to play in, in a bunch of places. So the fact that people uh, were so down to support because they enjoyed the music that much, you know, it meant that yeah. much to them. They're like, damn, like we, we got to you know cop a hoodie or get a watch or a, a crew neck. I, I I thought that was really cool to see. I will stop making merch forever if if the watch was the last thing we, that was like the, that was like my favorite thing ever. We sent that idea so far back and we were like, dude, what if we did a watch? How fucking funny would that be? And then we, like, we did it and I, I was really proud of how they turned out. It was cool. It was just like an homage to a uh, bunch of straight edge bands before us who had done X-rated watches. We thought how cool would it be to do it for, you know, one occasion. And uh hope anybody, you know, if anybody's got one and they broke, they came with a warranty. So you know, oh wow, that's awesome. Not through us, not through us through the company. <laughs> oh, okay. them. So yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, not through us. I'm not giving out warranties. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine the the headache. You get a flood DMs like, hey, I'm I'm I, I, you know here to inquire about my warranty on my watch that I got. That'd be Can a nightmare. Imagine bands are giving out warranties like for like shirts and like hoodies. It's like, oh shit, you got a rip in it? No problem, dude. Just mail it back to us. Uh, pray you have a new one. Send it out in about three to five business days. <laughs> That'd be that. That'd be some next level stuff because it, it, it takes a lot of work, you know, to especially to just get stuff out. So the fact that you know to handle all that kind of customer service because I, I feel like it, it's, it's just like you know I, I send it out. It's quality stuff. Enjoy it while it lasts. Like leaving me alone. Definitely, that's that's always like the the one thing because like I don't know how to describe this as like a person who's just like I just I'm, I want to make everyone happy. It's like when it comes to like people who like like when it comes to like shipping stuff. I get so worried when stuff's going to get lost in the mail. Like, I'm like, damn, you know, if it's like some kid who's like looking forward to getting a shirt or whatever, you know, and like we're, we're a small band. I'm not saying anything about us being any type of way, but it like, it does worry me because it's like, dang, you know, that, that kid may have dropped, you know, his hard earned money to grab like a hoodie or a t-shirt. And I'd be, and I'm super bummed when my stuff gets lost in the mail. Like whenever somebody's email has been like, Hey, my shit got lost in the mail. I'm so bummed. Like, I'm like, fuck man. Like, how do we make this up to somebody? But, yeah, you know, like I said, that'd be mad funny though. Some bands are like, "Oh, warranties for your hoodies or shirts. If one gets ripped, don't worry about it. We got you, man." So it was like, you know, cool that you guys did that watch. It's not the like a common piece of uh, band merch. Do you guys have any plans to do, you know, some off the wall stuff in the future? No, I don't. I don't think so. We've made jokes uh, because we found this. 
found this website that just like has like crazy dumb shit on it like something was like a bluetooth speaker okay uh one of the jokes was like an umbrella like we say dumb shit all the time like just as like yo how funny would this be if and i'm sure like so many bands do that yeah well i, I feel like i feel like people would buy like anything I, I think back to uh, to yeah. uh, you know people buying like uh, moon rocks from super heaven uh, i've seen bands you know through my time just being in hardcore like do like converse uh you know their own camo shorts which you know it's just like i feel like people if like you know bands are you know, active and doing cool music i feel like fans will, would be willing to step up and buy any kind of merch just to show i support. always think it I always think it's fun when like bands do like fun stuff. Like I, I constantly agree with you. And I really think it's cool when people step outside of the merch box. Like, I mean, for some reason, a couple years back, I bought a rude awakening Hawaiian shirt. Like, why did I, like, I didn't need that, but I still bought it. Cause I was like, Oh shit, that's fucking awesome. You know, like there, I could, I bought, I bought a lot of dumb shit in my life. I'm um, sitting next to like a shelf of them. Uh, but I don't know. It's always really cool when a band just kind of steps out of side of their box and does something a little different. I like, what is that? I think, did fake eyes just do those plush dolls or whatever? Yeah, I thought that was cool. I don't yeah. know. That was like awesome. I was like, oh shit! Uh, and like, basement in the past has done like the little, uh, like the bear, the dogs, like the teddy bear dogs. Like that's cool. A lot of that stuff is awesome. Step outside of the box, do something crazy. Sanction doing the knives or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? That's so cool. Yeah, because every band does a t-shirt we all have you know a bunch of t-shirts we have a bunch of hoodies so i feel like it's, it's always nice to be like oh dang like what the hell is that that's like really interesting and cool mm-hmm. okay so uh that first year of rain salvation you know awesome year for you guys and you guys released uh the first release uh, it was in the middle of march 2019 and if you mm-hmm. fast forward to middle of march 2020 we're in a whole different world and it, it's, it's nothing that anybody could have ever predicted because mm-hmm. uh y- you know we started this podcast off talking about uh how awesome fya was and i feel like that's like my favorite weekend of the whole entire year up until now and you know just like getting home from that and then just kind of like rolling into what happened next with the pandemic it was just like such a strange time and it still is and i, I know you guys released that single in february and um obviously uh, you know down the road in june you guys had the actual release for the record uh did you guys want to release it during the pandemic or were, were you guys wanting to maybe wait till this whole thing like kind of you know passed on and we defeated covid so the idea originally for the record it had been like a long time coming we started recording it i want to say january okay. but i don't exact I, I think it was january we started recording and then uh some it was just like crazy busy at work uh it was like oh well fya came um went to that uh so it was like me getting we were recording in north jersey uh so i needed to i was trying to get up there to do vocals and they, they were getting up there to finish the record and some other stuff had happened while we were trying to record. So it got down to like the two weeks before LBB. We were like, we need to get up there. We're just going to record a single so we can have something out in time. Because the original idea was before the fest, we wanted to have it out. But we're not really in the business of like rushing stuff. Okay. We don't, we want to write, you know, we want to like perfect what we're doing because we want it to be good for ourselves. We want to write music for ourselves that we enjoy. So when, when the songs weren't coming out right, no matter whether it was, drum parts guitar parts lyrics 
we weren't we weren't putting out. So we got to LDB essentially a couple weeks before, I think maybe two, and we were like, we need to record something. So we recorded the Sound of Triumph, put that out before LDB. And then obviously, like you said, pandemic hits, and we're like, well, we should wait. And waiting turns into, you know, it went until March or so, and then we were like, yo, if we keep waiting on this, if we keep waiting on this, we're just, we're not going to be happy with ourselves. So we put it out. Well, or so we thought we were going to put it out the way we wanted to. Uh, we started up, we had a really cool, like little thing we were going to do before where we had like five different posters with all of our images of us and lyrics mm-hmm. from the album. And we we're going to put those out every day leading up just because it was something cool leading up to. Uh, but then before that, I think it was like the, the day of the announcement of the record, George Floyd was murdered. And it kind of took a twist of us where we went, this isn't right for us to put out music because it's detracting so much from what's going on in the world. Uh, there was, there's some, there's things that are so much bigger than hardcore music. And there, there are moments in history that are so much that deserve to have all the attention focused onto it. And it was like, I mean, it was painful for us because we tried to get the record stopped from coming out, but we couldn't get it taken down from Spotify in time. So it was like this internal struggle of like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? So we made the conscious choice as a band. We were going to just put it up every single thing. And still to this day, uh, we're donating all the revenue that comes in from the record, all the streaming revenue, every single thing that comes from it. Um, to go towards pro, you know, causes that matter, you know, while it may not be a lot of money by literally any means, it's something. So it was like, it was, it was hard because, you know, you work on this thing, but at the end of the day, the more important battle is the one that's being fought in the real world. And that was so much more important in that time period. Like I'm not, I don't even want to say I'm mad that we had to put it out during that because you can't just say at the, you know, we can't just go a week, a week or two later, you know, if we say, Oh, we're going to delay the record because of, you know, there's a more important thing going on outside. When, when does that thing stop becoming important? It, it doesn't. And it doesn't at all. It, it remains important. And it's still a fight that's being fought, fought to this day. I wouldn't have felt genuine if we would have said, we're not going to release the record. Now we're going to wait until, you know, like, what are we going to wait for? There's like, we can't say that because we don't get to judge when equality exists. We don't get to, you know, judge any of that stuff. We need to put it into perspective. Like we're going to put this record out just because we're going to put the proceeds towards stuff. And then we're going to keep fighting and protesting and going out there for a good cause. Cause if we would have just delayed it and then we would have put it out a week later, it's like, were our words genuine? Like, did we really believe, do we really believe a week later that all stains in the world and that, all of a sudden black lives matter. And yeah, I mean, like, like we, we needed to just do it. It needed to come out. The record came out and we decided we're not going to sit there and make a bunch of bump posts and be like, check this record out. You know, we were deciding, you know, we're not going to send these to our friends and say, please post about this. Cause there's so many more important things. And there still is to this very single day. Damn. I didn't realize that, uh, the record was announced and then like, you know, so close to the George Floyd incident, because uh it's just you know i feel like during this whole pandemic and like you know i've said it before time moves weird so things just become a, a, a blur uh but that's insane i i literally had no idea but but i feel like you guys did the best that you could because obviously you can't plan for 
uh, you know, this, like th- the way things played out for, uh, you know, these events in the world, um, there was no way of telling that that stuff was going to happen. So I feel like you guys just you know, did what you had to do. And I, I, I think it's commendable that you guys are donating all the proceeds, you know, from the record, uh, you know, to, um, these uh, or, you know, organizations and just uh, stuff to try to help make change. I, I think that's really awesome of you guys. Cause, you know, obviously, you guys didn't have to do it, but the fact that you guys care enough to do it, I, I, I think it's great. I, I think that's I think that's the most important thing you can do. Like from a personal standpoint, I couldn't stand by and watch as like something. You know, it's like people pay for a record. You know, when they could be donating to a charitable cause. You know, like I I think at the end of the day, like if we can donate anything to people or get them to get their money and give it to a cause for whatever reason, that's all that we can do. You know, uh, whether it was, you know, we did, we did like a t-shirt, I think for it too. Um, you know, we, we donated money. We actually, I think we've done, we did two shirts and then we donated the record, you know, we're donating proceeds from the record, but it's like, and at the end of the day, like, I still don't feel like it's enough because I feel like there's a fight that matters and it's not judged in the amount of donations. It do, It's not judged by, you know, how many plays a song gets on Spotify. There's so much more to this fight. And I still feel like, you know, it's like, yeah, we can, you know, I mean, and I'm like, I'm so thankful that anybody donated. I'm so thankful that, you know, people are appreciative of what we've done, but I feel like there's still a million and one more things to be done. And, I feel like the statement still it's sad that a statement still needs to be said that the world needs to change. That's like, and like, I shouldn't even, we, we shouldn't have had to donate money from a record. We shouldn't have had to do any of that because a man should have never died in the first place. Black people should never be murdered by police officers to begin with. I'm sorry for getting super political on this. Oh, I don't know totally if that's like, it's totally fine. It's just, it's just frustrating. Like it, it is because you look at it, you're like, Oh shit. You know, like I, I would, I wouldn't, I would rather, you know, that none of that stuff had to happen. Like none of it should have ever happened to begin with. It's, it's sad. It's like a sad, sad world to live in. Yeah. I, I, I hated, uh, watching the, the video, uh, of George Floyd getting murdered. Cause I honestly didn't know what I was getting myself into. I, I just clicked on it when mm-hmm. I was on, 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 on world star, and, mm-hmm. and I watched it. I was like, damn, like that, that's so fucked up. Cause you know, growing up and, uh, you know, seeing the Rodney King stuff on TV and it not making sense to me as a kid. And then, you know, fast forward to, you know, me being an adult in my, you know, thirties or my early thirties, that stuff still doesn't make sense. I mean, it's like, why is this shit still happening? And then I, I think it was yesterday or, or today. I, I can't remember. Uh, they released the body cam footage of, uh, mm-hmm. Of yeah. you know, the George Floyd incident before um, he ended up on the ground, and that just made me even more sad to see him so scared before he was even put in handcuffs, asking them not to shoot him. And and then this morning I'm listening to you know uh, this track by uh, this rapper Little Baby called The Bigger Picture, and he's just kind of you know it's, it's like a song about uh, these current events and talking about how like the you know whole like the, our whole way of life needs to change. And it's just like yeah, it, it's so true. Like th- there's just so many. Yeah. things that are wrong with like you know like our country and it's just yeah like people out there listening don't stop fighting don't stop donating don't stop you know trying to educate yourself because uh you know the, there's been little change but there hasn't been enough change for us to you know be like you know a, a whole community where this stuff doesn't happen anymore because it, it just i feel like um like things were kind of like got amplified and like we saw like a lot more like worse stuff happening 
that mm-hmm. people probably just didn't even realize that was like you know that has been going on for so long so it, it's just like yeah. definitely like strange times and yeah like i'm you know i'm dying for change because nobody should have to like live in fear like that yeah i the one the most important lesson i mean i i knew it before but i would say like the most this the whole thing that happened kind of amplified for me the idea of like listen to your friends who are black listen to your friends who are you know of like oppressed you know minorities it's like they're the people who will teach you the most in life and they're like especially about current world events like it's learn about the things that you do and i'm not trying to get you know like super you know pc whatever people want to say i'm it's just about being like a person who's a good human being and that's all it is it's about like you know how do we take the world and make it a better place tomorrow well you have to fix what's done today and we we cannot fix any of this without a full entire change of the system that's oppressing communities and there's so many things we could go into from here i mean we could talk for literally hours and hours on end i mean you know i'm i'm just a white dude from delaware there's not much that i have you know um but listen to your friends who are, who come from communities like that like listen to them and really take for granted the words and the experiences that they have because i guarantee you they're five million times worse than anything that you've been through in your whole entire life and it's sad i mean it's sad that you even have to say that yeah i i, I watched your guys's uh ldb performance earlier today and i i thought it was really important that um you you know said uh you know that it's really important for people to go out and vote and especially i feel like mm-hmm. now more than ever like even back then when you said it it was definitely important mm-hmm. but i feel like you know fast forward to where i'm in like you know the, the early stages of august like i feel like it's like it's like crucial it's like no you have to this time because you know back in 2016 when uh, you know nobody thought we would end up where we are today it's like no it could get worse so please just try to mm-hmm. you know do your part and actually try to help make change because it's just this it, is not going to happen if you think you're not important enough to you know have your vote count it's like no everything is important so please Please just do your part and at least try. Yeah, no, I, the, the funny thing about that video is like, I got clowned on super hard because I said in that video, it's like, take five minutes of your life to save 5 million lives. And somebody was like, where the fuck does someone get that figure from? That's such a bullshit lie. And it's like, yeah, it is a bullshit lie because it's probably more than 5 million lives. You idiot. Like mm-hmm. there are trillions of, you know, there people who live on this earth, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not like a numbers for so I honestly don't know how many fucking people live on this earth, but I'm telling you that one man in office is risking the lives of every single human being that lives on this planet because of his stupidity. He doesn't care if you live or die. He doesn't care about the lives of your children and shit. So it's like, it is time. Yeah. Like you said, it's time to get serious. Like we can say all we want. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just about whatever we have to do. I said, I said voting there and but in that, I think in that speech, I also talked about just doing literally like that's the bare minimum that you can do. Like if all you're going to do is, you know, if you're going to do like the absolute tiniest bit of bare minimum, it's to go out and do like a vote. Uh, but there's so many other things that you can do. And I would recommend it because like you cannot sit on your phone all day typing away at a keyboard saying you want change when nothing's coming out of the actual mouth. Like you cannot make change with just words on a keyboard. It doesn't happen like that. You need to go, you need to do stuff. So, Hey, I mean, like, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause that, that was a really important moment for me before we went on for, before we went to that set. I remember like talking to my band and being like, Hey guys, I'm going to say something like, I'm going to try to make a statement at this festival and everyone's down. Everyone in our band has a pretty strong 
political stance. Uh, we all stand, you know, obviously with change and with justice and we want to see things, but I was like, I'm going to say it uh, because, you know, music and, and mosh riffs can only go so far. Sometimes kids need to hear the actual message of songs. And I miss when bands talked in between songs, man. I want more bands to talk. Yeah. Fucking talk. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. Cause I, I feel like people are scared sometimes to, to kind of voice how they feel or, or what they think, you know, cause they don't want to deal with the backlash and people got to realize not everybody is going to think the way that you think. So uh, I, I don't feel like you should be scared to voice how you feel. I feel like you should just put it out there and deal with it. Because if you truly feel that way, you shouldn't be scared to try to, um, you know, put your stuff out there and try to, you know, enact change or inspire other people. Because if we all were just too scared to share how we really felt, like we'd just be all like, you know, way worse off, like, you know, mindless drones pretending to, to be like a shell of what we really are. Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, well, I like totally understand that there are bands that are, there is a very good point to bands that just don't talk at all. And there are some bands where the music speaks for itself completely. I'm just not, I'm just not that like, I feel like I, I need to say what I have on my mind. And I feel like, you know, I'm given 15 minutes for a reason. I, I have to at least say something, make some kind of statement. And there's, there's a time and place for everything. There are definitely, you know, some shows where it's like, you know, the point that I make, I know is already across and it's across the music, but that was a platform where, you know, there was, you know, whatever it was like eight, 900 kids there. And, you know, while I knew that the majority of the room probably stands and feels the same way, it's just like, this is a moment to make a statement that is so much more impactful than, you know, and maybe in that, you know, maybe in that speech, you know, you take one kid's point of view and you go, fuck, you know, that's really sick. Or maybe you're just somebody in the crowd who was just clapping along to whatever, you know, was being said at the end of the day, like it was heard. So that that's, what's important. Yeah. I, I was recommended, uh, to check out this podcast. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to it yet, I definitely recommend it. It's, a uh, this podcast, uh, turned out a punk and it, it was the two episodes that, uh, Nick Woj was on and he, he spoke about how, uh, the cerebral aspect of hardcore is kind of lost. Like a lot of people are just, you know, here to write music for people to, to mosh to. And, uh, I, 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 it's kind of like, you know, stuck with me and I, I've been thinking about it for like the, just like whole past week, just like, yeah, I, I think he's definitely onto something and, you know, hearing you uh, talk about how like, like, you know, band should talk more. And I, I, I definitely agree because, uh, it, it's definitely important to, you know, to help try to, you know, like open up people's minds. Cause if we all just show up just to mosh and, you know, hear people scream into a mic and not really dig a little deeper to try to find like the meaning behind the lyrics or, um, you know, hear what this band represents. Like, uh, yeah, like I said, like we're just gonna end up lost and you know, it's not going to be a good thing. I think one of the things that like kind of strikes me, I mean, you know, and this is something I think about whenever I, I do talk, uh, you know, about, cause obviously I, I do understand for point my bands maybe don't talk to is like, I feel like, back then versus now i mean i've been i've been going to shows for a super long time i don't want to say that i have i sort of go i went to my first hardcore show in like 2012 or so so i i think i kind of understand like nowadays if you want to see what someone's stance is you have access to it i mean you can get online and see somebody tweet about whatever you want or post on instagram about whatever but back then maybe you know it was a little more like oh when you go to a show you know you have this impact to make like i said in that 15 minutes so you know maybe that's why some people don't feel comfortable speaking i guess to a point is just maybe they don't you know they already know that they're saying whatever they have to 
beforehand. But like I said, before, I still feel like it's more powerful to say it with your voice instead of just saying it with your fingers on a keyboard. Um, it gets the message across in person to somebody face to face. And there's more emotion behind a statement as opposed to text. 100% because uh, mm-hmm. there's definitely I, I know people who say stuff online that they wouldn't say like, you know, to your face. And and I I feel like it, it resonates um, different if if you hear like the person actually saying it versus like reading, uh, so more. There's rant. a lot of meaning and emotion. I mean, there is like it, like I mean, like we just kind of mentioned there. Like, there's a lot of meaning in just the way that you say something. Like the inflection in your voice can change an entire statement. So like when you just say it on you know when you just say it over text, it's like. Well, that's cool. I mean, you kind of get the the implication of what they mean and how they mean it, but you don't actually know. I mean, there's so many times when somebody will say something and you're like, what did you just say? And they explain their stance and you're like, oh, I get it. Whereas in person, you know, that can still happen, but just by the way that might be my voice changes or I inflect on something or how loud I'm speaking, it can articulate, it can change a whole entire meaning of just what one person's saying or even a word. 100%. Like if I'm talking to, to my friends, I need to you know and it's something important i just hop on a call or a facetime because i just like i don't want anything to you know get interpreted the wrong way i I want my point to get across like you know clearly and i want us to know that like we're on the same page and just to make it easier for everybody you know yep totally agree sorry my phone was dying i apologize for that oh you're all i did plug it in and everything i wasn't sure i was making a ton of noise while you were doing that no totally fine but uh man I tried so hard to get to LDB. I, I feel like I tried every time they dropped tickets to buy tickets and I just failed every time. Like it sold out so fast and I, I was just so just upset because I was like, <laughs> how does this even, like, how does this keep happening? Like, how am I this unlucky that I, I missed out four times to try to get tickets? Cause like, Jeez. I, I, I think that fest, uh, his like, and I, I've said it before, uh, that I, I feel like they've grown from like, you know, just being like a, a, a regional fest to being like one mm-hmm. of the bigger fests that, that we have here in the country. And it's only been awesome to see them grow over the years. And, you know, bands are, are willing to travel to, uh, you know, the Midwest and play in that awesome spot. So it's, it's even something like really cool to see happen over the couple, like, you know, a couple of years. And I, I've just been dying to get out there because like all the videos that, uh, you know, Steven from 197 Media puts out, it's just like, damn, like it's just, it looks insane. It looks so much fun. It, it was truly an experience and it was like a life. It was like a life uh, like it was a super memorable experience for me uh i'd never played a festival like that really i mean we played the this is our group pre-show which is incredible shout out to joe bob and chris for uh you know all their support on that uh but going to ldb that drive was like it was like 12 and a half hours of anticipation to get down there and then you know you get in and you, you see like the room is like packed out when you get on there and you're like fuck this is awesome like it's just a cool feeling and to know that like Louisville isn't necessarily, I wouldn't say it's like a destination spot. Like, you know, when kids go to FYA for, you know, they go to Tampa, it's like, you know, it's like a kind of beachy place, I think. I'm not good with geography. Sorry, anybody who's from Tampa listening to this who like, uh, but uh, there's like a beach there. Uh, It's like, you know, Florida. So it's a little more, you know, nice weather. Then you have like, you know, LA for Sound and Fury. You have Richmond, which is like a really cool spot to go to, really vacation-y. Like, you have so many spots, but then you have like Louisville, Kentucky, and it's like, it's this area that like you you have to travel to get to you know you really have to dig deep the, the airport isn't really you know that cheap to get into um so it's cool going to that festival and like everybody who's there is there for the bands they're there for hardcore um they're there for you know whoever's playing that weekend so it was cool like when we talked about fya earlier in, in the video you know in the podcast and 
we talked about how that festival had so many sets that just meant something. I felt the same exact energy at all DB that like every set was like, man, this is, this is popping off. This is going to be this band set. You know, this is the, the band of the fest. Yeah. So, so many awesome videos. Uh, I obviously I, I'm, you know, don't want to sound biased, but I, I just love uh, that set from absence of mine. I, I like watch that video. So good. And dude, just seeing like, cause obviously like I've, I've seen them like a bunch of times out here and I love that band. And I tell them like as much as I can, cause I, I think they're awesome. So to see them go somewhere that, um, you know, isn't like, you know, in California to see them get that much love. I'm just like, hell yeah. That's, that's what I love to see. Like, you know, kids like recognizing and showing love, you know, right now, instead of waiting till they decide to call it quits or, you know, take a break to be like, Oh, that band was awesome but it's like no like they're just like they're just like on it now so it was, it was definitely cool to see and then there was that band um uh heart stopper yeah dude yeah that's it was awesome dude yeah i i love watching like that the the, the drum cam just like i, I just love like yeah the, i thought that set was so sick and then uh constraint there's yeah so many sick bands like yeah mm-hmm. it was like such an awesome lineup this year Louisville loves its own like it loves its own bands and that's the coolest shit that you could ask for from a hardcore scene they also love bands from other places they put on super hard for literally everybody like it was it was so cool going to that festival and just being like man like this is the fucking this is the spot like this this is awesome there was just so many cool bands that weekend like you said I mean that absence of mindset was like on another level of crazy good I remember I was standing up on top of the half pipe like um behind it and i was just like man this is like this set's going nuts like people are just going absolutely insane for this and i couldn't have been happy i love like rudy's an awesome guy i love him to death uh so that was so cool seeing him be so happy when he got up because that reaction was just like it was mind-blowing for like so many people there's so many people were going insane for it yeah there were one band that i was like really excited to uh, you know i was looking forward to seeing it sound and fury because i was like okay mm-hmm. i was like i because i i think that band's awesome i i, I think uh, i agree with you yeah i think that the, that last record they put out was amazing so i, I was like okay put them in front of like you know, the sound and fury crowd they definitely deserve it like it's gonna go crazy like in, in my mind like i thought that they were probably gonna have the set of the weekend just because they have so much support from their friends mm-hmm. and uh, you know a lot of people are into them and then, you know, Tsunami was supposed to play. Then I was like, wait, maybe it was going to be Tsunami. I was probably going to have the set of the weekend. Because you think about that band, that band's fucking crazy. And, like, the support yeah, that awesome. that band has. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm just so bummed that Santa Fury uh, didn't get to happen this year. I hope next year I'm able to make it out. I've made it. Ever since the year it got brought back, okay. I've been like, I'm going to Santa Fury. But I haven't been. So I hope next year is the year. You've never been? Never been to Santa Fury, oh, dude. wow. Okay. Never. It's definitely a fun weekend. Yeah, damn. Okay. Yeah, hopefully uh, it comes back next year. You're able to make it out. And it's definitely a, a cool fest to 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 attend. Always like, I, I, I love that they always have like a solid lineup. And even though like I hate like after shows, they always have like, you know, cool things lined up after the fest. And then, um, you know, even sometimes like leading up to the fest, like, uh, you know, bands will show up early and uh, we'll get cool shows like around like, you know, uh, Orange County, oh, LA. Sick. So. Yeah, it's something a good time. So shout out to Sound Fury, always making it happen. I think, I think that sometimes I look at Sound and Fury, the lineup, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's awesome!" And I look at the after shows, and I'm like, "Dude, how do they do that? Like, that, like I'm always like, dude, how is that after show even possible? That's such a good lineup. I, I really hope I can make it out, dude. And I hope that like I come out. There's so much food out there too. I want to try. I'm like a big food man. Love eating all the time. So I'll come out to LA. I'll eat all the best food. 
won't go to Del Taco though. Hate that place. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because this is a great segue. So um, I, obviously I I follow you on social media. Uh, I'm friends with Angel. So Dude, I, I, it, I don't even want to talk about him. <laughs> I, I see you guys going back and forth, and I I think it's hilarious. Um, but uh, you guys did a, a a collab, Dare and Reign of Salvation, and I I thought that was super cool because uh you know I, I'm a huge fan of both bands. Um, you know I I love what you guys are doing for Straight Edge. I I I feel like I have like extra love for bands that are straight edge just because i'm straight edge and it's always been something special for me so when i see bands like you guys uh you know out there representing proudly and uh you know putting out awesome music i i think it's cool so i was always curious like um where did that relationship start and how did you guys uh come together to put out this shirt which was for a good cause so uh the shirt just to just to kind of let everybody know was a rip of a throwdown shirt uh and the idea was like we wanted to do something to benefit uh, undocumented workers who had been, you know, in, in, in trouble because of the coronavirus. Uh, it had taken a lot of people out of work, especially, you know, um, undocumented immigrants in America. Like it, it really like destroyed a lot of people in that community. Um, and for me, so to kind of give like a weird insight into it, uh, like how I kind of came up with the idea. I, I don't know if I've really ever talked to anybody about how it was. Uh, I work at a bank. Uh, I have a pretty, pretty chill job. I just kind of do deposits all day. It's really awesome. But, um, a lot of the, a lot of the customers we get, um, run businesses where they do have a lot of, you know, workers. And, uh, I was talking to one of the guys and I was just like, you know, how, how is you, your business doing? It's like awful. You know, I had to lay off a bunch of dudes and, but luckily, you know, there's, there's funds set up out there to help them out. And I was like, damn, like that really sucks. I wonder if like, I, I wanted to figure out a way to help on my own. Cause I was like, you know, that's something that I hold near and dear to my heart for a lot of people who don't know. Like I said earlier, I'm white. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, but, um, it was like, I need to, I wanted to give back to a, a community that I feel strongly about. So I thought, you know, what a better thing to do is to hit, you know, is to do some kind of, you know, a benefit shirt essentially, uh, you know, gives, give back to something that is a cause that is near and dear to my heart. And I think is important. Uh, so the, we met dare, I want to say we'd hung out. I've been on and off, you know, basically internet friends with Angel, uh, and we were friends prior to LDB. We hung out at LDB, kicked off really well, like became good friends after that. And we had been talking back and forth about, you know, wanting to make a collab happen or whatever. And we thought, you know, kind of when we did the shirt, I hit him up and I was, you know, what better way to do it than an East Coast band meets a West Coast band, and we rip a throwdown shirt together. And I gave him the idea, spit it off him. He said he loved the idea, hit his band up, and it just was like natural after that. Uh, it just was like a cause that I thought needed more eyes on it. I feel like so many people were just worried about one specific thing when it came to coronavirus and not a lot of people were thinking about undocumented workers and how it affected them. So, uh, that was like a super, super important thing for me to, to get out there and kind of make a, you know, make a statement about. Hell yeah. And I definitely thought that was like an, an awesome thing. Cause I, I, I love seeing, uh, my, my friends come together and, you know, do stuff to try to make positive change and help people out. So shout out to you guys and i i, I love the the throwdown rip because i'm you know uh i've always been a fan of uh you know orange county hardcore even like when i didn't live out in orange county so uh seeing you guys do the throwdown rip and then even doing the throwdown cover at ldb that always gets me excited because i was like damn like like it, it, it's cool to know that uh a, a throwdown you know touches like so many people and that there are still like a ton of fans because 
I had on uh, Dave Peters uh, from Throwdown, you know, original. Oh player. shit, really? Yeah, uh, you know, guitar player. Then he moved to uh, you know vocals, and I, I I feel like he felt like not a lot of people cared about his band anymore, which which I think is like you know a, a fair whatever. Like he, uh, he's not like super active in the hardcore scene, and uh, probably doesn't really uh, you know is not really out there. I'm seeing people do stuff like you know you guys doing this rip and doing these covers. So I, I always try to like touch base with them every now and then to let them know like yo like people still love your band like we're all dying for you guys to come back and do something so so whenever a- anybody does a throwdown cover or anything related to throwdown it's like cool like you know keeping their spirit alive and uh you know um because growing up for me they're like you know pretty like influential and like i got to see them like you know like uh, a handful of times and i i feel like as, as much as i love them i didn't get to uh, uh, appreciate those times in real time because it's, it's fun to look back and think about oh yeah it was so cool to see them you know here and there but it's just like I didn't know that the last time I saw them was going to be it for you know over a decade, and it's just like yeah. you know, super whack to me, and, 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 and it's it's sad, but but it's definitely cool. Like when I see bands like you know Rain Salvation or Dare come together, and you guys are doing these things, and you know it has little like you know hints of Throwdown. So you know, chat to you guys, I love that, and uh, God, I, I'm I'm just dying to see Throwdown or anything from Throwdown. You know, I I would love to. I mean, I would love to see them do something i think that'd be really cool i mean i i love throwdown mm-hmm. uh and i know the rest of my band does as well so i thought it was like i don't know man it's just like such a weird band i feel like they hit like the perfect the perfect like mix of just like crazy moshy music with like the fucking sickest like i i think throwdown has like really good lyrics for them like as a band like i think they're i think they're really good like just mm-hmm. in terms of like how they make you feel like it just sometimes there's music out there that's just out there to get you excited and that throwdown is that band like just wants to get you pumped up wants to get you fucking out there maybe moshing but also wants to teach you like it wants to like you know have a good positive message to it yeah and uh yeah and i i watched like <laughs> that third down dvd like uh i think it's probably like last year and i was like dude this band like even like them as people they, they just seem like you know genuine like good fun dudes like enjoying their time in hardcore not taking it like too serious or acting too tough they just kind of, you know, uh, we're just being themselves. And it, yeah, the, they're always going to be like a band that's like special to me. So it, it's, it's always cool to, uh, you know, now like live in Orange County and like think about like the bands that have, uh, you know, come from here. And it, it's, it's cool to know that Throwdown's like, you know, like a local band for me. <laughs> yeah. That, hell, I don't have that where I am right now. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have many bands like that are like of that echelon of hardcore. So it's mad cool to like probably think to be from an area like that where you guys have so many fucking legendary bands like so many yeah but but you gotta think you you your friends could be that for the younger generation so you know so it, it might you know be kind of a bummer that um you don't really have that but it's like you're probably providing that for these kids up and coming which which is probably weird to think about but you know like, no. but you guys are definitely um like i don't think you can deny the fact that you're I'm going to have some sort of influence on your local scene when they look at your band or other bands are from your area and be like, holy shit. Like they're from here where there aren't a lot of, you know, big bands. It's like, no, it's like you guys are that for them. So that's, that's why you're the knife is like so cool to me because they represent a band. They represent a scene that has never really had much. Mm-hmm. And they, they write about that. I mean, in their songs, like that's very prevalent of being like people who, come from a scene where there maybe isn't a lot and you know i mean like we, we've had like our spurts of like really good hardcore bands like i'm not going to say there's not been any good del- there there's never been a good dollar hardcore band because i can i can name a bunch off the top of my heads just nobody who's listening to this would know <laughs> not a single person would know them probably well i mean they, they would know them but they're not like 
in the bands that you would think of that would mean a lot. So they mean a lot to me. And we try to pass that along to a lot of the younger kids who come from Delaware. Um, and they all, I, it's weird because we have a scene that I would say doesn't really take things for granted. We didn't, we don't have a lot of venues we never had. And every time we've had one, when it gets shut down, we like all go on this hunt to like find a new one. So the young kids who come out to shows now who are, you know, I mean, like they're coming out, they're like 14, 13, 15, you know, like in that like young age age, they're, they learn at a young age to not take it for granted either. And I mean, the amount of young kids who come out to shows sometimes is like mind blowing to me. Like out of, you know, a hundred kids, 15 of them will be under the age of 16. And I'll be like, what are you guys doing here? Like, don't you have a bedtime? Then I think back to me being 16 and going to a show up the street from my house. And I'm like, dude, this is probably the coolest thing on the earth for these kids. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, awesome to, to hear about. Cause that's the kind of stuff that I like, I just hope I can influence, like, you know, uh, trying to, you know, uh, give back to hardcore, um, you know, and, and this is like my way of like, you know, hopefully trying to give back something positive and just trying to help spread o- awareness for, you know, bands and, uh, you know, current things going on in the scene. So I, I hope, you know, anybody who like listens can like tune in and just gain some sort of knowledge from what whatever I'm doing, uh, whatever it is, because I, I don't really know how, like what kind of impact I'm actually having, but I'm just trying to make it be a positive one. I think that like what you're doing is like we like in hardcore like the only thing you can do sometimes is just give back and I think it's cool that that's what you do like you give a platform to even someone like me or like you said Xavier or Sal or Tyler Mullen or you know whoever you give a platform to people who may not have the platform otherwise to get on and like have like a long form discussion and you know sometimes it may get someone to know somebody a little better to maybe change their view on somebody change their view on something to hear maybe a topic that they want to hear somebody speak about. So I think all uh, props has to be given to you for everything you do because it's awesome. Thank you. No, I I, I definitely appreciate yeah. that. Um, okay, and man, I, I I think about where we're at. We're in August, and nobody knows what the future holds. Like you, you think about uh, this is hardcore was supposed to happen this weekend, which is strange. Uh, and uh, based off what I know, like, I don't think it's going to happen because there's literally besides the announcement of the dates, there hasn't really been anything else said publicly. So yeah, no, nothing either. Yeah. So that's uh, another major blow to, to the hardcore scene. Obviously that's like a, like probably like the biggest fest in our country when it comes to hardcore. So the fact that that's not happening this year and when we look back and FYA LDB are the only fest to actually happen. Like when you look at the festival circuit for, for hardcore, um, that's definitely like, like, you know, definitely like pretty dark to think about like, holy shit, since FYR, excuse me, since LDB, there hasn't been another fest. Like so many things have gotten, you know, postponed or straight up canceled. And I'm just like, yeah, like I don't, and it, it, it's, it's weird to say, but like, I don't really like see a light at the end of the tunnel and I don't know when shows are coming back. And I, I know there's been this like big controversy. Um, there was a show, uh, like on Long Island and you know people are weighing in which um which I get like obviously like you know people are going to have their, their their opinions uh, uh but it's like yeah like I don't know when we're going to or, or if we're going to beat covid maybe uh covid's going to beat us and that's it or maybe the aliens come and save us I don't know <laughs> <laughs> dude I'm hoping something does I I need it dude uh I just yeah, I don't know what's coming up either like I want to say I hope that I see something coming to an end soon, but dude, like I'm not, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not anything. So it's like it sucks to even like, like you're like it sucks to say we're all in the same boat. Like we don't know what's coming. We don't know what's coming next. Just all we can do is wear a mask, socially distance the best you can, and 
wash your fucking hands. Like, I, like I, man, it's like such a bummer that like this summer should have been like, there was so much cool shit lined up. Like, and like, not even just saying like, personally speaking, like I know us as a band, like for Rain of Salvation, we had a ton of cool shit lined up. We were all so fucking stoked. And then it seemed like one after the other, like things just kept getting knocked down. A you know, stupid coronavirus. You know, the only thing that I can say that like is like I hope that things come back soon, but not to like this. You know, to disregard the actual real world things that are happening. I just you know, I'd love for tomorrow to wake up and for there to be a cure and you know things to be back to normal and life to go on as it is. But that's just not going to happen. So. It, you got to live in the world that you live in, I guess. Yeah. It, it, it's only uh, like dark times, but I hope uh, like we can try to take away something from it. Like hopefully when things do get back and shows start happening, bands start touring, fest start happening. I, I hope people enjoy it like, a, like a little more and like a, a appreciate everything that goes into it a little more. Cause, uh, and I, I've said this like a million times, but this is like the, that one rare time where we're all experiencing this thing in hardcore all at the same time like you know mm-hmm. minus the people going to those secret shows um uh but yeah nothing's happening like no bands are like really doing shows or really touring so hopefully w- when things get back like people don't take it as uh, or don't take it for granted and just appreciate that this thing isn't like you know like guaranteed and like this thing could crumble and go away if we don't uh, take care of it properly and you know uh, support it and do our best to keep it going yeah, I mean, I feel that way. Like, I feel like before this happened, like, I wouldn't say I took shows for granted by any means, but I would say for sure, like, I didn't go to as many because I just, I was, I was in like a kind of rougher financial spot where I was choosing, you know, things over shows, which obviously any day of the week, I want everybody to choose their livelihood or their kids' livelihood or their family's livelihood over, you know, shows, shows, you know, I want to say shows will be here tomorrow. But for myself, it was like I was choosing other things over hardcore shows and it kind of like it made me realize how how much more important this part of like my life is to me mm-hmm. and how much i do i mean i love going to shows i love i love seeing bands i love you know hanging out with my friends at shows so it's like made me think like i mean i guarantee you the first shows back are going to be fucking wild but i can only like imagine that you know this has changed the way that i have an outlook on hardcore for sure and it is you know i appreciated it so much as a big part of my life before but this has given me so much more of an appreciation after it. And I'm sure it will for as long as it continues to go because man, I just cannot wait to go back to a show. Yeah, seriously. Like I, I, I sometimes think about like, like where we'll be, who will, who's going to be playing. And like, just like, cause there's friends that I literally haven't seen since this whole pandemic started because I, uh, you know, I'm not like going out to bars or partying or anything. I, I uh, just try to keep it chill because I don't want to get sick because like I, I have like a pretty good immune system. Like I rarely get sick. So I'm like, OK, I haven't been sick in a really long time and I don't want to get sick now um, at, and be at risk. So I like I've literally seen probably like the, just like the same four friends since uh, March till now, uh, you know, outside of um, having to go to work and uh, like I, I go to work. And I'll come home, and that's basically it. Like, uh, maybe I'll, uh, you know, if I do go hang out, it's at, it's at my buddy's apartment where it's just like the same four friends, and then like that's it. We're not like doing ragers or going out and being <laughs> a bunch of strangers just because I, I, I just. 
typically like, I didn't even like doing that to begin with. So it's like definitely now that's not what I'm going to do. So I'm just like trying my best to uh, stay as healthy as possible and uh, for, for some weird reason not get anybody sick or let them get me sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like there's there's like literally only so much you can do right now, but it's like the best that you can do is just do do your best to not spread and, you know, produce the, you know, to, to help keeping the spread of this fucking horrible virus alive that for some reason people don't think exists even though it 100 percent is like a totally real thing i i agree with you i mean i've been i've been pretty to myself you know i've done small things here and there uh just to try to make myself not go crazy but uh for the most part like I, my whole entire way of life has changed completely because of what's going on and but i've, been, I've still been going to work every day since it started we haven't really taken much of a break which has been uh, i mean it's it's kept me sane. That's mm-hmm. the good thing. You know, like I've been, I've been going out and to work every day. So it's kept me in like my habit. So I have some friends, you know, who've been out of work for months, which is horrible. And you know, their whole patterns of life have been ruined because of this thing. But uh, I guess I, you know, I have to be at least thankful that I still have a job and that I'm still working and that I'm still, you know, I have something to wake up and look forward to every day. For sure. Uh, I, I know before we did the podcast, uh, you'd reached out and you mentioned that you wanted to, talk disney and and oh man i knew you're gonna do this <laughs> uh and that gets ready me, for it that that gets me excited because that's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about and sometimes uh like outside of like my friends who i go to disney with uh I, I feel like a lot of people just don't don't really get it so whenever somebody mentions to me that they like disney or they want to just have a conversation about it i'm like dude let's fucking go because that's something that i could talk about all day so I, i'm just curious like um like like what are your experiences with disney like have you been to disneyland or disney world been to disney world and disney world twice in my life okay uh, the first time i went i was like four years old i don't really remember it a lot okay the last time i went it was it was i loved it but I went with somebody who I was dating at the time and it was horrible. I don't know. Wow. It was awful, okay. but I was, dude, I was having the literal time of my life while being the most upset. Like I ever have, like, I couldn't tell you, like, I just was like, yo, this is like the coolest place on earth. I mean, it really is like, it was so much fun to be there. Mm-hmm. I had a fucking blast. I want to go back. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's weird. Like I, I've gone to, uh, Disneyland like a, a, a million times I, I've been there with uh, you know girls I've been dating and uh, there's been instances where they would want to argue and I was like yo like we're in Disneyland you can't like no this isn't this isn't the time or place like, I got I'm mean, like obviously like I you can't make me upset here this is like you know this is like my special place so i um, save it for later you got to enjoy your time people people save up like you know like years just to get here and you're you're gonna be in here and want to argue like relax like it can't be that serious at the Disneyland out there, do they have the Monsters Inc. like the stand-up show or whatever? No, like, no, they dude, don't. Oh my! All right, dude. So most hilarious story ever. So me and my, me and my then ex-girlfriend are fighting or whatever, and I'm like, well, I, we're gonna go. So we like walk our way into this like Monsters Inc. stand-up thing. Okay. And so like we're sitting there, and then during the show, they pick someone in the crowd to just like make fun of the mm-hmm. whole time dude and it ends up being me oh, so wow, i'm like okay. super dude it was like the funniest thing in the world they're just like making jokes and then they'll just shine a giant spotlight on you and then they'll just put your face on the screen and just start roasting you in front of a theater full of people so then at the end though they like give you a sticker that's just like i made fun of you and i'll never forget like my ex-girlfriend like legitimately getting mad at me because i was the one who got picked and she'd be sitting next to me 
embarrassed by it, dude. Like the funny shit. But that is like, if you ever go to Disney World, go to that because that thing is so funny, like hilariously funny. Yeah, no. So um, I I go to uh, well, I I try to go to Disney World uh, like at least twice a year because I oh, okay yeah. So I I made some friends on on a trip one time, which was like so random. So I. Uh, do you know a guy named steve huey he, he lives on long island yes yeah okay yeah. so uh, steve Huey and i like you know we were like internet friends but then he came out to california we met and then uh we made plans to go to disney world and uh we were on this trip uh in disney world and he was like hey like i have some friends who are here like you want to meet up with them I'm like sure like i don't care like let's go meet your friends like if they're your friends they must be nice people so we, we, we met up with these people that turned out to be like really cool like we all got along and then turns out they do like um you know uh, multiple trips like throughout the year and they like uh you know let me know like oh like you seem like a pretty nice guy like you know you're more than welcome to to come with us and that was like the best news because i have been like like you know trying to convince my friends from california to fly with me to florida to go and and i get it it's like it's expensive you gotta take time off from work it's it's like a big deal so i'm like all right cool now that i don't have to like you know uh try to like hound my friends to go with me like i can just go freely with these people who go anyways so it it just like made like uh like like you know sense for me so i i you know built these friendships um with these people and they're like super awesome so uh and it's been like three years since i've been friends with them and we like literally there's like like always a halloween trip and then uh i try to go at least like one time in like you know spring with them so uh, mm-hmm. since like 2016 i've been going to disney world like pretty consistently that's fucking that's really sick me me and my current girlfriend who i have uh we we, we planned a trip out last year but we weren't able to make it which sucks so we had to like cancel our whole trip just like financial stuff came up couldn't make it through mm-hmm. which bummed me out but we're, we're gonna go back which i love i also besides disney i love universal too Yep. Love both parks. Yeah, love going Universal. Have you ever been, dude? Okay, so I was fortunate enough to. I'm um, shout out to Steve. Steve knows like a, a bunch of people. So uh, mm-hmm. our last trip, uh, and it was, it was last October, which is weird to think about now because it's been so long. Uh, last October we went, and uh, a, a couple of us got there like uh, like a day early because like we all come in from like different areas. So like um, mm-hmm. you know, we all don't like flying at the same time. So it turns out like you know I got there the same day as Steve. And um, it was like me, Steve, our buddy Garvey and Alexa. So like we got there like before everybody. And Steve was like, oh, like I have a buddy that works at Universal. Do you guys want to go for free? And I'm just like, dude, say no more. Like 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 out here in California, Universal's kind of whack. Um, and I've always oh, really? Heard, yeah. So like I've always heard that the Florida one's the one to go to. So I'm like, yes, like, let's go. Like, I know there's some Marvel stuff that I'm interested in. And like, like I know they have like a new Harry Potter ride. So I was like, like, let's go. And like, like we went and I was like, I was seriously like blown away at how much more awesome Universal is out there than California. Because like California, I I don't have a pass. I, I wouldn't be interested in getting a pass for Universal. Mm-hmm. But if I lived in Florida, I would definitely have a pass to go to that park just because there's so many did, more awesome things to do. Did you get butterbeer when you were there from Harry, from the Harry Potter stuff? Dude, it's too It's su- not alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's too sweet. Like, Dude, I, I, you're insane. No, no, no. <laughs> like, okay, like, and maybe I'm just being weird, but like, give me a cup of the foam. I could eat the foam, but oh. I, I feel like the liquid is just way too sweet. Dude, I... I think the one day I drank, they're expensive too, man. Yeah. They're like, I think like, well, like seven, dude, I drank, I think like seven or eight in one day. Wow. It was unreal. Like I couldn't stop. But then like, I think it just got the point where I was doing it to just be funny. I get like two at a time and just like pound them down. That's insane. Dude, I loved it. It was the, it was so good. Unbelievably good. Yeah, I don't know the name of the ride, but it's like that one coaster where you can pick the the music track. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like that red coaster. uh, 
Oh my god, what's it called? Dude, I can't remember. This sucks. Yeah, this sucks so bad. I don't know off the top of my head, but but I thought that was like awesome because I was like, oh, this is so cool because like you know, sometimes you, you go on a ride and, and like you've heard the same track like a million times and or you're not the biggest fan of the track. So I'm like, okay, but then if you go on that ride and you get a specifically pick like the type of genre and then they give you like a list mm-hmm. of artists i'm like wow this is this is smart this is cool that you can give people like i'm um, even the person next to you like you guys have your own set of speakers so you, you can even though you're right next to each other you guys can have your own individual experience I, I thought that was really awesome i agree with you completely my favorite universal ride is the mummy roller coaster did you go on that one yeah okay so um that one was awesome so my buddy nate uh he's like a huge like universal guy so like anytime like uh you know like i have questions about universal he knows everything so i went on the mummy ride in florida thinking it was going to be like the one out here in california dude the one out there is way better like like even the building backwards part mess you up yeah when you just like roll to that part then you just shoot backwards first one on that scared the shit out of me yeah and i was just i I was thinking like why like like how did we get like the shit end of the stick like like it's just like to me like sometimes like i maybe they they don't want to do just a straight up like you know copy of the ride or maybe there's like logistical stuff that i don't know about but i i I think about i'm like why are you going to give like your audience out here like a lesser experience when like you know the better versions like across the country Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hear the same thing about Disney World compared to Disneyland. I always hear Disneyland is better than Disney World here. Do you think that? Am I stupid? Am I crazy? No, no, no. Am I not as much of a Disney connoisseur as you are? No, Go no, ahead. no. I, I feel like both parks have uh, their strong points. I wouldn't say like one is better than the other because okay, like when I look at Disneyland, obviously, like you know, people say it's better because it's like the original park. That's where everything started. And I'm like, ah, oh, great, I, that's cool, but whatever. Like Disney doesn't care about where it started because there's like rides and stuff that like us as like fans and guests would think would be sacred but disney will you know on a flip of a hat they'll just change it don't care about our feelings whatever so i'm like ah i was like yeah like i love disneyland uh but there's aspects of disney world that i think are amazing like like the fact that you guys have so many more parks than us mm-hmm. like we have the two which are which is fine like i i appreciate it they're right across from each other so like we don't have to take like a bus or anything weird to get you guys to only it. have two parks there yeah we only have two parks we have disneyland and california adventure and that's it oh yeah right <laughs> Dude, that just blew my mind i didn't know that yeah we, we only have two parks so when we look at florida and you guys have animal kingdom epcot hollywood studios magic kingdom and you guys have the water park and you're like, okay, wow, like you guys have a lot of stuff out here. And dude, I had no clue. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So, uh, and, and people are like, oh, but you can do Disneyland in a day. I'm like, yeah, that's true. You can also do any one of the other parks in one day, but it's like they just have yeah. more options. Uh, so, uh, like, there's just like rides that, like, I love the Haunted Mansion in Magic Kingdom better than the one in Disneyland because I feel like there's more stuff to to look at. Like, they have, like, this, like, uh, mm-hmm. the, like you go through, like, the library room. There's a room with, like, the spiral staircase. And, like, we don't have that. But, like, then people are like, oh, but at least you guys have, like, you know, the, the holiday stuff in the Haunted Mansion. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like, you know, so, like, mm-hmm. it, it's, like, a weird balance. Like, so, like, when, when people ask me, I, I feel like both parks are great. I wouldn't say one's better than the other because you think about it, like, Disney World, like I said, has five parks. We have two. Like, like they have so much more yeah. to do. Uh, yeah, and 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 also it's a different vibe as well. So, out here in California, the majority of the guests, it's all like uh, it's it's more local. But if you go to Disney World, you'll notice that it's more of uh, tourists than than like mm-hmm. local crowd. So, so it, it's it's, it's uh, really okay. interesting. 
Have you ever been to any of the international ones? No, no. No. You know what's crazy is um, me and my buddy Johnny. Shout out to Johnny. He's the actually he's the manager of the magic shop in Disneyland. So it's it's really oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. Um, him and I, we actually had a trip planned to go to Japan in October to hit Tokyo Disney. But then this whole thing happened and we just had to like uh, look at it like logistically. We're like, damn, like and, and this was like this was like in the thick of it. This was like probably like late March uh, and like. I had already canceled a trip that I had planned in April to go to Florida because I was supposed to go to Florida in April uh, for Disney World, but I had to cancel that because it was just, you know, uh, the parks closed. It was too risky. And then, uh, you know, th- then eventually, like, all the parks closed. And then Johnny and I just kind of, like, had to look at it. We're like, dude, like, it's not, it's really not safe to just travel because we don't really know, like, what's mm-hmm. going on at the moment. So we had to reschedule. So, no, I haven't been to any international parks. Like, <laughs> like my dream is to go to uh, Tokyo Disney because that's, like, my dream is to go to Japan. It's, like, my dream vacation. Yeah. And then eventually hit all the other parks like Paris, Hong Kong, Shanghai. Uh, but Yeah, the, one, the ones that don't matter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, well it, it, it's, it's weird because, like, uh, if you look at, like, uh, like, some of the other parks, like, some of, like, their park-exclusive rides are coming to the States. Like, Paris, uh, oh. they have Ratatouille. That was, like, their exclusive. Like, you know, that was the thing that people wanted to go check out. But they're getting that at, at Epcot. And same thing with, um, if, if you look at Shanghai, they had, like, the, the new Tron light cycle coaster that's mm-hmm. going in Magic Kingdom. So it's just like um, the the um, need to go to the international parks aren't really um, like uh, are, it's, it's not really that interesting anymore because it's just like, you know, these exclusive rides that we would never see in the country are now going to be here. So it's just like, ah, uh, like, yeah. n- like, like, do I really want to go to like Paris? Like, that's not like it's not like top priority because it's like, OK, like I, I know so many people have gone and they're like, yeah, it's just a bunch of like, you know, people smoking. Like, it's weird. They're like, yeah, like we see like <laughs> like little kids smoking cigarettes everywhere and it's weird. And I'm just like, yeah, like, OK, like, like I'll get there Can eventually. Imagine- oh, sorry. I was going to say, could you imagine Disney if everybody was just lighting up cigarettes at like Disney World? Like, like, anim- like, it, like, I don't know, like Epcot, they're about to get on the ride, like a big ball. They're going to smoke in a way on a couple cigs at Dude, in line. Well, is that I, just basically what Paris is like. <laughs> that's what my friends have told me. And uh, but, that's but crazy. But I kind of experienced that because like when vaping became a thing, there was really no rules <laughs> on vaping. So like mm-hmm. people were like vaping on rides. And like, I was like, what are you guys doing? This is like, like, do you guys really need to suck on that thing that bad? Like we're literally on a ride <laughs> in Disneyland. Like you don't really have to like pull it out or like if you're that addicted, like go home or something. They need to build a SIG world where everybody who smokes cigarettes can just go on amusement park rides together. Well, that's Paris. That's Paris Disney World rebranding. Yeah. Disney, if you need somebody, I'm on it. Yeah. (laughs) You could sell them that idea. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to make my millions of dollars off of that one. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, so have you ever been to California? I've not never been. Never. I had a layover. No, dude, never. I had a layover once in San Francisco, I think. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I was there for like an hour and a half. And dude, it, there was an in and out. I don't know if you're an in and out guy or not. I've never had it. Okay. Um, but it was like eight minutes from the airport. And I sat there and I was thinking about Ubering to it and then coming right back. But I couldn't do it. I didn't. I didn't even step foot outside of the San Francisco airport. That's it's a huge bummer. I've never been. I've been to Seattle. Love Seattle. Seattle is awesome. I know it's not in California, but. Yeah, no. The So I, I've never been to Seattle, I, I, but I've been to Portland, which is like two hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, yeah, it's definitely nice up in the Pacific Northwest. But it like I feel like like it, there's like always like that that big debate like oh like In and Out or Whataburger. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was interesting because I, I actually went to Texas like like I think maybe like almost like a month or two ago, and I had Whataburger, and it, it tasted like just like uh, Jack in the Box to me. 
So I don't know if you were hijacked. You never hijacked in the box, dude. Okay. Oh, so it's never not out had there. That either. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, um, so like, like it wasn't this great burger that everybody hyped it up to be. So like, I I did this video where I just like, you know, this is how you eat water burger, and I just threw it in the trash. And, and <laughs> that's awesome. And like the the funny thing is like the only people sticking up for water burger were my friends from Texas. Like people were reaching out. They're like, oh, like what'd you get? And they were like interrogating me on like what I like ordered, and, and they basically told me that I ordered the wrong stuff. And I was just like, okay. I was like, maybe I did order the wrong stuff, but like I just ordered what was like you know the, the advertised burger on the window because like that was supposed yeah, to be like, you, like normally go for yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, I don't get like how you guys can compare this to In and Out because like uh, everybody in my DMs were they were like, oh, like you should have got the the like the chicken sandwich or some shit. And I was like, wait, the chicken sandwich? I thought it was like a burger place. Like this is so weird. So like, I, I'm good, dude. I'm passing up on that. If I wanted that, I'd go anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. So I, I and like I, I try not to get caught up in these debates because obviously people are gonna you know uh, uh, like you know stand for whatever and you can't really change people's minds. So like mm-hmm. I, if you've never had In and Out, uh, you know it's like it's definitely popular. You should definitely try it out. I, I wouldn't say it's like the best burger in the world because i'm sure mm-hmm. uh you know like uh, yeah i feel like you, you could find a better burger somewhere else like maybe not at a fast food place but maybe like you know somewhere else you could probably make your make a better burger but um mm-hmm. yeah so wait, so you've never been to california wait so where have you had Dude, never been to california where have you had del taco uh that was in florida now oh my god this is gonna get me in so much trouble because people are gonna be like oh you haven't had del taco in california you need to have it in california okay. dude it was bad. It was so bad. Okay. You know what's funny is I've never had Del Taco outside of Cal. Or I lied. I've had Del Taco in like Arizona and Vegas, so it's not like too far. So like, I didn't even know they were in uh, Florida. Yeah, there's like a couple locations. Like I was in Orlando, Orlando at the time visiting my friend Travis, uh-huh. um, and he was like, "Yo, Del Taco just opened on here," and I was like, "Oh my god, that sounds crazy!" And I was just, he was like, "Dude, we have to go get it," and I was like, "Yeah, you're right, we do." So drove up got some burritos and i just remember eating it and being like man this sucks <laughs> like i just i don't know man it's just like i didn't like the fries okay. I thought the fries are bad i didn't like i felt like it was just like i'm I, like i'm gonna get like i feel like i'm gonna get shit home but like it was just like it just tastes like unseasoned like it tasted like if i took taco bell and took all the seasoning and all the fun out of it and i love taco bell okay wait but have you had real mexican food yeah absolutely okay all right 100 percent Okay. Yeah, and, and are you saying Del Taco is similar to actual Mexican? Food? No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Definitely don't think so. No, definitely not. No, because like I, I feel like there's like there's levels, and uh, yeah. I love Del no, Taco. Totally. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I love Del. You know, and you know what's my gripe is like I enjoy Taco Bell. But the thing that gets me is like I don't know like their cheese. I I, I can't deal with their their cheese. It's just like weird to me. Dude, it's I love it. I love Taco Bell's like the nacho cheese. Oh, dude, no, no, I love no, it. I'm, like, I'm, I'm talking about the like the oh, like the shredded. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like because uh, yeah. like <laughs> w- when I go to Taco Bell, I'll, I'll get the the crunch wrap meal because I, I I love the crunch wrap. I feel like that thing is just so convenient and uh, it's easy to eat. Uh, so that, that's what I rock with because and, and it's, it's weird too because um you know Taco Bell is like a local company to out here. Like the headquarters is like maybe 15, 20 minutes from where I live. I see it sometimes. I'm driving on like the four hundred five. Um. But yeah, I don't know because like it's supposed to be out here. Like if I'm going to get if I'm going to try to be, you know, uh, argue with somebody like about like the best Mexican food, like I'm definitely not going to Taco Bell or Del Taco. <laughs> no, dude, there's no way. No yeah. way. But Tacos Rivera, which is out here. I go to Taco Solisco, which is also out here. Okay. Delaware's got some crazy Mexican food spots. Like so good. Mm-hmm. Like unbelievable. If you ever come out here, dude, come by. We'll grab some food. I'll take you on a food tour. 
I'm down. Get some spots. <laughs> no, okay. whatever, man. We go on a food tour. I I, I want to go to that coffee spot that you're always posting about. Little goat. Yes. yes. What's up with that place? Why are you so into that spot? Well, so uh, it's like uh, it's a coffee shop that's like all about doing the right thing, and it's about like I don't know, like I mean, I think that's kind of weird to say for like a business, but if like if you like you know if you hear it out, like they're really into like. Uh, taking really strong political stances on things that matter. They're super into like be making the best, most ethically sourced coffee that you can possibly find. Mm-hmm. It tastes so banging. Um, and a lot of my homies there, a lot, a lot of my homies work there. Uh, the owner is like a really, really, really good person. Uh, her name's Olivia. Shout out to Olivia. She's like, she's like an unbelievable person in how much she cares about the community that she's involved in and the city that she's involved in. And, um, I, I like I dude like they they make some of the best coffee I've ever had in my whole entire life. I get it almost every single day. Um, but it's also about supporting a place that gives back to Delaware, which is at the end of the day like what I'm about as a human being. I, I look for Delaware. I want to give back to Delaware. So a, a business that's going to only give back to Delaware and you know support it, and I'll, I'll take it any day. You can order beans if you make coffee or anything like that. You can order ground beans. So I, I feel like I'm like a newer like coffee snob because before mm-hmm. I, I never really got into coffee, but then I, I started doing like uh, coffee nights with some friends and they started showing me like, you know, some of the like the, the local shops and then me and my buddy Garrett will go and like try to find like newer spots and just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, taste what's going on. So like normally I'll, I'll just get like a, like I'll, I'll just try to find like somewhere with like a nice like uh, latte. I, I've like gotten into like mm-hmm. oat milk recently, which I think is like super awesome. Oat milk's banging. Oat milk rules and coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the, the new thing that I love. I'm like how because like um it's like I, I'm not a vegan or vegetarian, but just growing up like I've yeah, never right. I've never enjoyed milk. Like it's always been nasty mm-hmm. to me. So the the fact that there's like these awesome like alternatives now, like I I think it's like something that I can get behind because I can drink it and not feel or taste like you know gross. It's crazy too with a latte because it's like it's so much milk with like espresso. So it's like crazy like you can drink something that's like full of that and not doesn't make me feel insanely bloated like uh so little goat they just did this uh you know those like the good they're called good humor bars i don't know if you guys have them out there or whatever they're like strawberry eclair bar like they're the ice cream that like have like the strawberry I, man do i i'm dude i've never heard of I those sit, okay i don't know if you would ever had these then okay I don't, is this an east coast thing am i screwed up it's like they're like these like strawberry they're like strawberry ice cream bars but they have like little like pellets on the outside they're like strawberry and like graham cracker they kind of taste like a strawberry like eclair i guess i don't know how to describe them anyway okay, yeah, they I'm, do I'm this latte. <laughs> not following me that's okay uh, they do this latte that tastes like one lately and it's so good i i drink it like all the time and i also hate matcha i'm okay. like a i'm like a notorious matcha hater why is it so expensive i don't know dude and it sucks it tastes like dirty chalk water okay. but um but, uh, they do this like strawberry matcha that tastes like this best sounds so disgusting. I feel like, but, and especially since you don't like milk, but it tastes like strawberry, like cereal milk. And it's amazing. Mm. It's so good. It tastes like a big old glass of like juiced up strawberry milk. And it's awesome. It's so good. So if you're ever out in the area, anybody, if you're ever passing through Delaware on the 95, stop over at little goat and get some coffee. It's like unbelievably good. Damn. Hell yeah. That. Yeah, at some point, I, I, I definitely want to try it out because I see so many people, uh, you know, from your area, like, posting about it. And, then, you know, seeing you post about it all the time, I'm just, like, curious. So I'm just, like, if, you know, got to try it if out. If you ever come point. to a Delaware show, too, most of the time we have it. We, like, they bring coffee out to the shows, which is crazy. Dude. So fun. I'm My dream is to 
attend uh, one of those uh, Unity barbecues. Yes. And I know we were supposed to play the last. I one. know <laughs> you guys were on the lineup, and uh, there's so many awesome bands. Like, you know, just thinking about like uh, Carbonite was supposed to play that. Um, I, I think uh, Killing Me was supposed to play that too. Just like some of the newer bands, and such an awesome because like I, I I I've spoken about it before, but just like that idea of having that unity, like uh, like amongst like like your scene, I I think that's really important. So the fact that uh, you know Bob Wilson and, and everybody um, who helps him out with that just came together to do like the first one and just hearing about how legendary that was and then looking forward to the second one I was like damn like like it just keeps getting better so it's just like at some point like that's something that I, I definitely want to uh, like show up for because I feel like just like that idea is just so important and I feel like uh, you know more people should try to put on stuff like that around for their like their like immediate scene I think that Unity Barbecue, the first one, was probably like, the greatest show I ever went to. Like, hands down. So I've never seen more people in, like, a small room in my life. And there's just so many people. Every set, once again, like, every set was so good. Like, I couldn't pick a favorite from it. Mm-hmm. Um, this past year's Unity Barbecue should have been absolutely legendary. There was going to be so many good bands on it. I, I Hats off and, like, commend them for doing such a, like, that's the sickest lineup. It was so cool. Even though last year ended up turning into, like, the Unity Pizza Party because it rained. Yeah. Uh, so there was no grilling. It was all Domino's. Uh, but, you know, like, shout out to Domino's, I guess. It was it was kind of sick. Fucked with it a lot. Um, I don't know, man. Like, the, the Unity Barbecue is, like, a really, really, really cool idea. And it's something special to see. I don't know. Like, I mean, since you're not from out here, like, the Philadelphia, Delaware, and I would say, like, South New Jersey area, uh, even up to Wilkes-Barre, I would say, too, now. It's, like, I mean, even before I, I was involved in anything, like, I would say, like, Wilkes-Barre, Philadelphia, South to North Jersey-ish and Delaware. It's like, and even down like Baltimore, it's like a pretty, it's a pretty, it's, it's condensed area. Like you can get to everywhere that you need to be within two hours at the most. So our scene comes together really strong for stuff. So maybe in the sense of where California, you know, you have one County that's probably just as large as this area is like we put on super hard for the bands that come from this area. So it makes me super proud to be from here and then to have a show that's full of, you know, 15, 16, 17 bands that all come from this area. You know, sometimes we may go, damn, we don't have a lot of bands. Then you can look at a lineup like that and be like, never mind. We have a lot of bands around here. Yeah. And, and the fact that they show love to like, you know, all the different, uh, you know, uh, sub genres of hardcore. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, that's really important because obviously, uh, like, I'm, I'm not like the biggest fan of like, you know, trying to figure out what label should stick to, you know, X band because, you know, the, mm-hmm. the lines get blurred really easy. So I, I just tell people like okay th- that's a hardcore band go check them out because uh, I- I'm not going to try to sit there and try to give them every little label because uh, it's, it's just too complicated uh, but but but, yeah. I, but I love that when it comes to the unity barbecue like everybody gets love uh, and, and I, I think that's important too because sometimes um, I, I, and I don't mind like crossover shows mixed bills but sometimes like it just doesn't make sense so it's sometimes you know bands uh, you know won't get to play as much or they won't get to shine but in a setting like that where it's just like everyone's welcome uh, doesn't matter what you sound like every, like you know like local bands like come on like come join and play I, I think that's super awesome I feel like the cool thing about that that fest or the, I mean I don't want to call it a fest but um, the Unity Barbecue is like it was like designed in this way that it's like, it doesn't matter if a band is like good quote. I put that in quotes, you know, like obviously they can't see it. It's like, it doesn't matter if a band is good or like hype. It just matters that they're from this area. It's like, let's put together all these bands to give them an opportunity to have a show that really matters and showed like it's for that show is literally picked by the sense of like, Hey, you come out two shows. 
you get to play this. Like, this is the thank you letter. This is like a love letter to everything that we all love about hardcore. It's like young bands, new bands, old bands, old dude bands, you know, like everybody's welcome to it. And that, that was the sick part about the first one. And that was going to be the even cooler part about the second one. Um, hopefully it happens again. I, I hope when all this is over, I hope that's like the first show back is the unity barbecue. Uh, Cause I think it'd be really cool, but we'll see. We'll see what Mr. Wilson has cooking up for all of us. Whenever, you know, hardcore comes back. All right. Well, James, I, I feel like this is a good place to, to wrap <laughs> things up. Um, I, I, I definitely appreciate you giving me your time and being down to come on the podcast. I've, I've you know been a fan of Rain of Salvation uh, since the early days, and uh, you know meeting you at FYA w- w- was a pleasure. So I, I, I definitely just want to thank you for taking the time and coming on the podcast. But before we sign off, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Yeah, um, thank thank you for having me. Uh, there's plenty of hardcore podcasts out there, and I love that there's a lot of them doing what they do, and each one kind of tends to either specialize in something or go all out on all different things. And I feel like you try to cover everything and that you don't just cover hardcore. You cover a bunch of other stuff, which I think is really cool. So I just want to say thank you for having me on. It means a lot. Um, and I would love to get back to talk to you again about one day, you know, depending on what happens. hundred percent. Maybe when the world ends, we'll have to do an end of the world podcast. All right. uh, we'll talk the FYA lineup all whenever right. that happens. Uh, I'm down. Uh, so, uh, yeah, real quick shout out to, I guess, um, shout out to like Simulacra hangman, uh, some of like the best bands it, it's just embrace you're the knife inclination payback i'm killing me from delaware you know shout out to all the delaware bands the pa bands Lama. there's so many bands that i could literally shout off the top of my head uh but i don't have the time on this uh if you like rain of salvation we put out an album like we talked about earlier uh called in times of desperation it's three songs we've got some new stuff coming up for that we just put out that record thank you to the coming strike from the uk um if you like the record, you can pick up what's left of the 12 inches from their site. We may have something cool and special hooked up for the United States and Japan coming, hopefully, sometime later by the end of this year. Uh, pick up what you can from Ollie at the Coming Strife. He's one of the best hardcore labels that's currently out right now. Uh, that's really all I got. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Jamie K podcast, Always on Top. <laughs>